Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. There are a lot of things that we're afraid of in life that if we do run towards, I think if we take some of this wisdom of people doing it in this extreme way, if we do run towards those things, then that can make a big difference in our life. That was my good buddy and friend of the show, Aaron Miller, who is today's guest. He is also the host of the Armchair Explorer podcast, where the world's greatest adventurers tell their best story from the road. Highly recommend that one. They just came out with a new season. And Aaron was kind enough to put together a list of the best lessons he's learned from 50 plus conversations with some epic adventures. I'm talking about people that have kayaked the Amazon, crossed the Oregon Trail in a covered wagon, just like they did in the old days, trekked a thousand miles through West Africa. These are the type of guests he has on his show. What if we could collect all of that wisdom and distill it down and put it into one podcast? And that's what we did in this show today for you. You're going to love it. So let's get into it, shall we? Strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now, your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life. With as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Quick reminder before we dive in, get in touch. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email. This is a community after all, and I'd love to hear from you. I also have a voicemail box in all of the show notes. You can just click and leave me a message. I respond to all of those. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, ZeroToTravel.com slash newsletter, totally free. Send out one a week with musings, random updates, travel tips. You never know what you're going to get. So sign up over there for that if you haven't done so. That being said, let's slip and slide into today's conversation with Aaron Miller, who has a lot of wisdom to share, collecting some of the best life lessons he's learned from interviewing some of the world's greatest adventurers. Hope you enjoyed. Stick around on the back end. I'll leave you with a quote to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Now, here's my chat with Aaron Miller. Today, though, very lucky to have the man, the myth, the legend, the guy (laughs) with the best narration voice 
in travel podcasting, I believe. He's got the British like accent boxing fight with right jaw-dropping <laughs> adjectives on the edge of your seat storytelling. The host of the Armchair Explorer podcast where... <laughs> Jason, your <laughs> I'll, accent I'll, I'll is fantastic. Accent thing, but... You've been learning, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, dude. I, no, I love your stuff. I mean, you've, you've heard his name before. I will formally welcome him to the show, Aaron Miller. Welcome back to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. It's lovely to have you here. Oh, it's always great to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And people have heard your name because we've been doing a lot of destination collaborations this year. And I said, oh, friend of the show, Aaron Miller, the host of the Armchair Explorer podcast, which you've kind of relaunched. And that's where the world's greatest adventures tell their best story from the road. I'm a fan and I'm excited to have you back here to share some of the big life lessons that you've learned from interviewing all of these adventurers. So yeah, just tell everybody about the podcast here so they can know what to expect when they go listen. And then we'll dive in a bit to the list. This is going to be a fun one because I have no idea what you wrote down. We just kind of brainstormed this concept and you're like, oh, here, how about this? And I'm like, this sounds amazing. Let's do it. But I don't know what you're going to say. So this is one of those, you know, it's going to be like the big reveal every time you you come up with something and then we're just going to riff on it. So I'm There's looking a lot forward of trust. to this one. I appreciate the trust, Jason. I, <laughs> I could come up with absolutely anything right now. <laughs> it's not trust. It's laziness. I didn't have to prepare <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks so much, mate. Um, as I say, I always pleasure to chat with you. We always have so much fun. Um, yeah, so... The idea behind this came because, so for my show, Armchair Explorer, I've been really lucky to interview all sorts of different people from, you know, well-known explorers and adventurers to, you know, just people who decided to do crazy things um, to athletes, extreme athletes, et cetera. Um, and what became very interesting, I've, I've now spoken to to more than 60 of these people telling like their their favorite stories, their best adventures. And with each one of them, kind of what came through as well as the story itself was the the kind of the wisdom that they took from this. Like you've gone and had this incredible experience. Maybe it's walking the entire length of the Amazon River or like we did with uh, Ed Stafford or, you know, the world's most dangerous wingsuit flight. You know, if you're, whatever you're doing, these incredible things that so many of us, you know, won't do, what is it that you learn from it? What did you take from it? Like what wisdom can you pass on to us from that? And through doing a number of these, they, they kind of came to distill into a few, what I would call like life lessons, a few things that, um, you know, that all of us could probably take into our life, some themes that kept coming back up and that I found personally really, really inspirational. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to kind of condense all of that wisdom into three or four different um, different ideas, different kind of motifs and, and really try through that to, to get a sense of, you know, how can these incredible stories teach us something about how we too can go into the world and, and uh, you know, live a, a life that we love and are excited about? And, and how can we travel more and have more adventure, which of course is, is what this show is all about too. So that's the concept of it. I've kind of broken it down into um, three main lessons, um, maybe four, uh, we'll see how, how it goes, but, uh, um, but yeah, and I just kind of want to share that and share a few of the fun stories that, that I've heard along, along, along the way. Amazing, man. I mean, how lucky are we that we get to benefit from you taking the time to distill all of the wisdom from 
this multitude of conversations <laughs> and share it with us today, man. That's awesome. I, not to throw you off here, because I know you're prepared with this incredible list and I can't wait to hear it, but I have to ask you from your own travels, what has been your biggest life lesson? Today, well, I think those change day to day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they do. And I think that it depends where you are in your can. life. And I think that, you know, you're taking yourself with you wherever you're traveling, right? And, and so it's almost like the way that those travels hit you is different depending on where you are, you know, whether it's, you know, what age you are or what you're hoping to get out of that travel. You know, the 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 first kind of really serious travel I did was kind of backpacking around Brazil in, in my 20s with, with uh, my best mate. And that was all I learned from that was like the price of beer and how to like make my money go longer to buy more beer. And then as, you know, as, as things have gone on, I've tried to get deeper into travel and, and uh, take, take more out of it. But funny you ask, because I think the one, one of the things that really has come out of my, my sort of personal journey with travel and the number one thing I, I think that everyone's story that I, that I speak to on the show comes out is, um, you know, that it's, it's possible to break out of the mold. It's possible to do something different. Um, and one of these ideas that keeps coming back, like I do, I have spoken with, you know, professional explorers and adventurers and authors and stuff like that. But, but a lot of the time it's, they, it begins with just normal people like you and me who are maybe sitting in an office, staring out the window, crawling out the window, looking outside, wondering, you know, how, how can they get out there? Maybe feeling a little bit dissatisfied with their life. And I think a theme that keeps coming back over and over again is that following your passions, finding your own path is possible. And it's also how you uh, can serve the world. It's not necessarily just a selfish thing. It's, it's a way that through following your own passions and through kind of trying to carve your own path is, is a way that you can affect change in yourself, but also in, in the world around you. And, and I got a couple of good stories, a couple of good examples uh, from that. Um, so Mario Rigby, do you know Mario Rigby? He's an amazing guy. You, uh, you might've had him on the show, actually. He's, um, he, he's, uh, well, he's now a kind of adventurer, explorer, but when he started, his story began, he was turning 30. He's, he's uh, from Canada. He was really dissatisfied with his life. He was, he was unhappy. Um, and he wanted to do something big to try and change it. And the big thing for him was he, he's a black guy and he didn't know anything about his kind of roots in Africa. And so he decided to, um, to, uh, and, and it's really funny as well, cause he talks about being inspired by the black Panther by Wakanda, you know, and, and in Wakanda, they go on this kind of this journey of discovery, walking this kind of walking journey. Um, and he wanted to do something similar. He thought, this is great. I'm going to, I'm going to do something like this. Um, but you know, where most of us might be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go for a, a week long trek somewhere. He decided to walk across the entire length of Africa from Cape town to Cairo a journey of some seven and a half thousand miles and ended up taking him two and a half years. Um, and it's, it's an incredible story. You know, he has amazing adventures. He kayaks around across Lake Malawi with, you know, giant man-eating crocodiles following him. He, you know, goes up into Sudan. He actually has to, you know, dodge bullets. He gets caught up into a kind of rebel crossfire at one point. He sees pyramids. He sees, um, you know, the, the, the Simeon Mountains of Ethiopia, which is on my bucket list, like the chess pieces of the gods, they were called by the, by the ancient Greeks. Um, so he has all these... In, incredible experiences. Um, and 
what he did through that through that journey was he was trying to figure out what his next step was right he was trying to figure out like what do i want to do with my life and and so he went on this journey and actually walking is a theme that comes up with a lot of the people i speak to as well you know there's there's something about going on a journey and that's the thing about traveling it maybe doesn't necessarily need to be on two feet but there's something about going on a journey taking yourself away from your normal life and your normal cliques and surrounds and your friends and family that can give you perspective on, you know, your life back home and help you to maybe make some, some big uh, changes or to, to see it more clearly, to see it from a, from a, a bigger sort of bird's eye view. Um, and, and for Mario, you know, that change kind of happened slowly and it sort of almost didn't happen at all. He got swept into this adventure and it was incredible. Um, and he got to the end of it and he wasn't really sure what lessons he'd learned. But then right at the end, he, he met with these kids that um, have been affected by war, like really badly affected orphans, um, you know, some of them missing limbs. And, and he went to go and talk to them and they, and they said, you know, we wanted to thank you, Mario, because in this, during this walk, he'd become a kind of minor celebrity through, you know, people had heard of him. And by the time he got to the end, it took over two years. And they said, um, you know, we wanted to thank you be- for for giving us, showing us that we have the courage to do something incredible with our lives too, that we can do something, um, you know, big and insane and crazy like walk across Africa, that if, that if one man can do this, can walk seven and a half thousand miles, then we can do anything. And it was this kind of beautiful moment of like understanding that, Although he did this walk to try and um, solve problems in his own life, in doing the walk itself, he became an example for other people that they could step out of the mold. They could do something extraordinary too. And and that's a theme that kept coming up. Like I interviewed another guy called Rob Martineau who wrote a really beautiful book called Waypoints. And he talks about a similar thing if he'd gone down the kind of college, he didn't know what to do. So he became a lawyer. He was working 80 hours a week, hating his his life and and then decided that he needed to step outside of that uh, in order to to figure out what the next step was for him and so he also went on a kind of pilgrimage he calls it of, of sorts uh, of, of kind of self-discovery um, and it's this and in, in doing that for Rob and for Mario I think what they also both realized was you know I think we feel that we're born into you know, particular social groups with social norms, right? Of our family, of our friends, of the school we grew up to, the country we went into. And because of those norms that certain things are expected of us, that there's a path of, right, you're going to do this, you're going to go to college, you're going to get married, get a mortgage, do all this. And it can feel like quite a lot of pressure to, to follow that path. And I always talk about like this dichotomy between, you know, it's in our DNA to want to belong, to want to be part of the tribe, right? We we are, you know, a species that we're a herd animal in many ways, right? We're a species that wants to to fit in. We're driven to do that. Um, but what happens when the the norm doesn't really match who you feel inside? And I think that a lot of us are starting to feel that in different ways, in big and small ways. That wait a minute, maybe this prescribed route isn't the only route. And, uh, and maybe there's a way that I can, you know, step outside of this and, uh, and, and live my life for me instead of trying to live my life for the way I think other people expect 
me to do it. And so that's a theme that just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And what I took from that is just a lot of inspiration that it's possible. You can break out of the mold if you wish. You can't this this kind of um and I think that's what you talk about so much on your show as well, Jason, which is so inspiring, is that, you know, people wanting to to travel, um, or people wanting to kind of, you know, live a life less ordinary, do something extraordinary. And obviously for most of us, for me, I'm not going to walk the whole way across Africa. It sounds amazing, but I, you know, most of us won't do that. But even if it's just small things, whether it's sabbatical or a career change, stepping outside, travel, getting that perspective, seeing how other people live, and then kind of taking all that in and synthesizing it into the choices that you can make is a really empowering thing. And, and that's something that I was constantly inspired by everyone I spoke with. What you were saying about the pressures around, let's call it a conventional lifestyle. And of course, how somebody would define that will be a little different depending on maybe the family pressure you have or the expectations that are around you in your circle or your close circle, I guess. But you're going to have pressure either way, right? So if you if you kind of pursue an unconventional path, you're going to experience some pressures and stress around that. So you might as well choose the path that you want, right? Either way, it's probably not going to be easy. Although the the conventional path seems easy on the surface because it's like, well, this is what my parents did, or this is what you know my sibling does. This is kind of what everybody around me is doing. So, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's just what everybody's doing. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I think the wonderful thing about travel is as well is that for a lot of people and for a long time for me too, it's like, I, I don't, you didn't even know that there were other paths available. Like it's so bedded into our culture that this is what you do, that it feels like it's set in stone. Like this is just what life is. And I think that one of the beautiful things that happens when you, when you travel, if you really travel with your eyes open is you, is you notice all these different other ways of life um, that are different from yours. And if the way of, you know, if that way of being of the, of the, you know, getting married and, and having, you know, kids and whatever is, is right for you. I, I've done it. It's right for me in many ways, but if it's not right for you always, um, you know, then, then there are other, are other ways of life and other paths. And I think that it takes courage to go after those because, um, because it's different and because it's unexpected and because you will get pushed back from, from, you know, Oh, why are you doing that instead of, you know, shouldn't you be progressing your career? Shouldn't you be saving for a mortgage? Isn't that a waste of money to go away for, for three months or, or, you know, or whatever. And I think what these stories, your story, you know, my story, what, you know, the stories of your communities teach us is that there's something really valuable and intangible about taking that leap. And that once you take that leap, you can start to see your the path of your life as something that you can carve yourself, something that you're more involved with creating rather than something that, that is more like a raft that you're just hopping on a river that's, that's already kind of taken off and taking you to a predestined way. Um, so I find that a really, really empowering piece. And, and, you know, like I say, like for Mario, it was it, for him, it also showed that it wasn't selfish because it, it was a way that he could set an example uh, for other people. You know, with the Rob Martinu, uh, the Waypoints example, you know, he ended up coming back from that and setting up a nonprofit and working with the people in Africa that he 
um, that he had met on the walk to, to kind of to develop this um, this nonprofit idea. So, you know, in a tangible way that that changed his life. Um, and then also, you know, there's a there's a lovely story from this. Her name's Captain Liz Clark, and this is also just about kind of following your passions. And she had just left college. And she had that same feeling of, okay, here we go, like jump on the career ladder. And she was scared of that. And I think a lot of people that age are scared of that because it's daunting. Because like, how the hell are we supposed to know what we want to do at 22, you know? Uh, And, uh, but what she did was she said, look, I need some time because what I really want to do is I want to buy a sailboat, sail around the world looking for the perfect wave. She's a surfer, right? She's like, that's what I really, really want to do. And like many of us would have that fantasy, right? But she did it. She bought a boat. She said, worked on it for two years, um, took off. She went to Costa Rica, to the Galapagos. She sailed across the Pacific to the Polynesian Islands. She got hit by storms. She swam with sharks, like all sorts of um, amazing things. And she did find her perfect, uh, her perfect wave. It's in French Polynesia. Can't tell you where, but it's, uh, but for her, that led to her being a writer and talking about conservation and other things that she never would have done. That would not have been her prescribed route that she would have taken at 22. There's no way she would have discovered that. And so what she talks about is that by following your passions, what you're doing is you're, you're finding your kind of your whole, your niche, your place that you fit in uniquely into the world. And when you really follow your passions, then, um, you kind of, you, that's your road. It's like your roadmap in a way to discovering, you know, what's unique about you and how can your passion help to affect the world in a positive way. So doing these big things, breaking out of the mold for her, uh, following your passions is the number one way that you serve others. You serve your family and your friend, you're a better, you know, you're a better son, daughter, father, mother, you're a better friend, you're, you know, and you're serving others tangibly in the world better because you're connected to what you what you really love and and you really know who you are and you're happy and that always makes a big difference too so um so i just love this idea that a we can break out of the molds we can choose our own life we can choose our own path and we can do that by stepping outside of our life by traveling by getting perspective by meeting different types of people and that when we do do that change it's not a selfish decision it's not a selfish decision it's a decision that will ultimately um you know serve us and serve the world better in, in many ways too we'll get back to the interview in just a moment this episode is brought to you by US Bank recently i went out for tacos and it wasn't even friday Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. 
Limited time offer, the creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. That's awesome. I think that is a powerful reframe, right? If you're somebody listening who's struggling with taking a path that, that you know in your heart of hearts that that's kind of the thing you want to do as crazy it might see as it might seem right like buying a, a boat and going to find the perfect wave which on the surface seems like well what do you you know where where is that going to go of course it's like preaching to the choir here everybody's like well we know you know everybody listening's like well we all know it's going to go somewhere great you know but i mean you know generally speaking like you said i think people can be very skeptical of these types of decisions but what you're describing is a total reframe if you're if you're thinking well this is selfish or why would i do this or i shouldn't do this you're saying you know well this is you, you see examples of this everywhere right people follow something that's in their heart and it leads to good places not to sound cliche but you know it, it's just that you don't know where it's going to lead so that's maybe more of the scary part but you have the dual benefit of becoming more fulfilled personally and also as you said if you're living your life in that way, serving as an example to others, it might be on a bigger scale like Mario did, you know, as he was traveling through Africa, or it could, you know, just be one person in your circle that you inspire to live in a different way just by showing and not telling, you know, just by the way you live your life. And we all know people like that, right? We're just, some people you're just inspired by the way they live their life. And because of that walk across Africa, I'm now inspired to spend one day walking to the next town. And maybe that experience leads me in the new a direction, right? It doesn't have to be these monumental things. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that was kind of one thing I want to talk about too. Like your show, you guys cover incredibly these, in, these epic adventures a lot of times, right? But you and I, we have kids, like we're not, we're not going to be like, hey, Aaron, let's meet up and, and go walk, you know, the the continent <laughs> of South America for two years like yeah. that's not happening you know it's just not <laughs> happening right now right now I mean when you know who knows yeah. when our kids grow see in ten right? years yeah <laughs> but you don't have to do that to get the the same benefits right I think that's inspiration just to say that hey why don't you look at the path that you've chosen and make sure you've chosen it and that doesn't mean that you you know you have to go and do anything incredible that's big and small 
things, but make sure that you're that you're listening to that light inside that as much as we have a need to belong, I also do feel that we have that little voice inside of us sometimes that pulls away. And that's okay too. Like Rolf Potts, who's the, you know, legendary travel writer wrote Vagabonding and stuff. I had, I was lucky to chat with him on my, on the show, one of, one of my heroes. And he talks about, you know, you can have both sides of that. It's the two sides of the same coin. It's not that you have to choose the prescribed path and the career and all that, or choose travel and a life of adventure. It's that both those sides can be you. You don't have to exclude that travel, that adventure, that inspiration, just so that you can follow this and fit in with everything. If, if who you are wants to bring all this in, then that's going to make you better at your career, better at your family, better father, better at all of that. So find a way to bring that in holistically and, and just, you know, choose your, choose your life for yourself. And I think that knowing that, you know, one of the big things for me is knowing that that's possible has dramatically changed my life in, in many ways. Like my personal story with this was, um, you know, I'd kind of fallen out of, I, I'd been working in the music industry, but on the kind of management side of it. And I had a bunch of projects go wrong. I'd really hit rock bottom. I feel like, I felt like I let a lot of people down. Um, and I was, you know, 30 years old and it was, so there was all that going on in my head as well. And, um, and I decided that like, okay, this is my, I re, I've always, always wanted to be a writer. This is going to be my, my shot to be a writer. And I tried to get all these gigs to be a travel writer and nothing happened. I was just about to give up. And then I got my very first commission, which was to, to, to do a 100 mile pub crawl. Um, I pitched this idea that there's this, this footpath, uh, this kind of trek near, near where I grew up in Southern England and Sussex. Um, uh, and it'd been walked for like five or 600 years through pilgrims and traders and, and all of that. And because of that, there was all these pubs that had popped up along the way. So I worked out that I could do a, a hundred mile pub crawl, like stopping off at three or four pubs each day. Um, and, uh, and, and I just thought, what a, fa- this is fantastic, you know? So I did that as a kind of, I just need a break from my life and how much fun is it going to be to just drink beer and hike all day. But through that, I, I, it kind of opened my eyes to being a writer. It gave me the motivation to keep going with that. And it took me on all these side steps I never even saw coming. Um, so, you know, I, I just think sometimes rolling the dice and taking those chances leads to unexpected places. And those unexpected places are more often than not, um, you know, beautiful places to visit. Aaron, you must be the only person on the planet that did a hundred mile pub crawl to save their career. Think about that. That's when you know you have a good career, isn't it? Most, most, you know, just one night pub crawls will ruin a career. <laughs> oh my God. I know. You did a hundred mile pub crawl to save your career. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right. It so was a great trip. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that your number one life lesson is this idea that we can break out of the mold. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was about yeah. to go into okay. another 10 minute ramble and I thought, nope. Yes, Jason, in summary, correct. No, but every, everything that we discussed that's associated with that. By the way, I should have said, because you were saying yeah. um, that you know you can you can have the life of, advent, of adventure and you can have this other life and they can both coexist. And I was just going to say that, you know, Armchair Explorer, Zero to Travel, this is these are the podcasts where you can have your cake and eat it too. 
there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry, just throwing it out there. Okay, no, no. Uh, let's hear the second lesson that you kind of distilled from from all of this wisdom. So my second lesson is I like to call it embrace the fear. Um, and the idea of this is is basically that you know facing your fears is where the real opportunities are. Facing your fears is a catalyst for your own kind of personal growth. And I have a really fun story, a uh, personal story of fear and terror uh, that I'll that I'll share with you to, to kick this one off as well. Um, so I was cliff camping in Colorado. Do you know um, do you know about cliff camping, Jason? Is this what you know, they used the to do in Mesa Verde, you know, fair. with the, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you know, you see the pictures of the, of the tent on the side of the cliff when you're climbing some crazy rock, Yeah. but you know, cliff camping was the old school version of just living. Like if you go to Mesa Verde national park, right. They just called that living. They lived right in the cliffs there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you're exactly right. So cliff camping is, you know, mountaineers have these things called portal edges, which they'll like if they're if you're on a multi-day climb um where you need to sleep out on the on the kind of vertical rock face, they they haul these portal edges up and they're basically like little kind of tents that they, that can pop up and they they hang them on the cliff. Um but in Colorado a few years ago, right, they they thought, hey, why don't we just do this as a, like a hotel room for people? So I was like, great. Um took my took my wife because you know if we're if we're if we're, we're, we're if one of us is going to die we might as well both die and leave our kids as orphans you know so that was like really really well thought through um <laughs> that's that's a that's a normal line of thinking right <laughs> yeah. well i didn't realize that until later on in this story when i was thinking i was going to die but um but yeah, so we drove up to Rocky Mountain National Park, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and you're with a guide and the guide kind of goes up and, and places the the portal ledge up there. And um, and then we started to rock climb up and I'd done a bunch of rock climbing and stuff in the past. So I thought I'm going to be fine with this. Um, got up to it. And the thing with the portal ledge that I don't tell you is it's not solid at all. It's like being on like a surfboard in a stormy sea. It's just waving all over the place and I climb up to this place. And so now a few hundred feet above the ground, but the cliff itself is thousands of feet up off the ground. So huge exposure. And, um, and then it starts to rain and then these dark clouds come over. And then my guide who up to this point had been like the James Bond of climbing guides was like, Oh my God, it's going to, there's going to be lightning. Oh my God, we've got to get down. Like starting to panic. And it's never fun when you're hundreds of feet up and your guide starts to panic, right? So we do an emergency rappel down from this portal edge in a storm with lightning hitting all around us. And um, and I get down to the bottom and I'm like, thank God that's over, frankly. You know, I, I just, that was terrifying. I don't want to spend the night up there at all now. But he says he has a different plan. So he's like, no, what we're going to do is we're going to wait out the storm. Then at night, we're going to hike up the around the back of this mountain and then we're going to rappel down in the dark and and sleep on it that way. And um, so we like, <laughs> oh, it just turns into this ordeal. At one point, I have to jump over, uh, you know, basically like a little ravine, like a like a kind of gap in, in the cliff. 
that's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet down of darkness. And it's only about as wide as a sidewalk. And this guide buster is like jumping back and forth like a mountain goat to show me what a wimp I am. And it takes me about 10 minutes to like will up the courage to do the jump that I could literally step over if it was on the ground. But, um, and then we get to the other end and um, we start to rappel down. My, my rope was too short. So I had to like, I couldn't make it all the way down. So I had to like hold on and like tie myself into a, into a bolt whilst he undid the rope. So now I've got no rope on me. Really? And just clinging to the cliff whilst he, whilst he came down and rescued me basically. And then, um, and then all of this is before we get to the portal ledge. Right. And so now we're in the portal ledge. My wife is there. She's having a fantastic time. This is the best thing we've ever done. This is great. I'm having the world's biggest panic attack. I feel like, like it's almost like I'm spinning backwards. There's a part of my brain, like that super ancient lizard part of my brain is going, what are you doing? What, what are you doing here? Like, why are you hundreds of feet up in the air in the darkness? Like what's going on? And I wanted to leave that more than anything I've ever wanted to leave in my life before. But I stuck it out, you know, and, and, and then in the morning, the sun rose and this dawn rose over this valley. And what was this terrifying, dark, kind of oppressive, stormy mountain sky kind of just turned into this like beautiful pastel colored valley and soft, wonderful lights. And we could see all the twinkling of houses and, um, and, and our guides turned to us and he's, he's like, you see all those people waking up right now? None of them know what you know where we've been. None of them know what it's like to experience this, and it really stuck with me because if I hadn't pushed myself to do that, if I hadn't gone through it, I would never have seen the sunrise. And if I'd never seen that sunrise, I never would have realized how exceptional it was to be in a place like that. And so I tell the story, and I remember all the the scary bits and it's funny, but what I really remember from, from that trip is, is the sunrise and how it made me feel and how it made me feel that sometimes you do have to push yourself a little bit to get to those perfect sunrises. Um, so my second lesson is to embrace the fear. And I've heard this from lots of different people. The kind of champion of it is this guy, Mike Corey, who's fearless and far. He's a YouTuber and a travel presenter. And his whole take on it is that, you know, you've got to, your fears are your allies. Use, instead of running away from your fears, see your fears as your allies that will take you towards the opportunities. Your fears are those catalysts for growth. And so he's done all sorts of insane, crazy things from like jumping train cars in, in Africa to burying himself neck deep in, a, in sand for some reason. Um, but he, he challenges himself with, with these fears. And the story he told on the show was about going to try this indigenous campo medicine where they, he went out to a, a tribe in the middle of nowhere in the Brazilian Amazon and, and they literally like cut your arm and then rob frog venom into your arm, a hallucinogenic f- frog venom into your arm as a, as a way of like reaching that frequency of, of, of spirits as, as they understand it. Um, and it's basically just throw up a lot. It sounds horrible. Um, but, uh, but he does stuff like this to kind of push himself. And I love that. You know, I'm not going to, I'm a, I don't want to be anyone that cuts my arm and rubs venom into it, but, but B, you know, we don't have to do things that are necessarily dangerous, like climbing, like clinging from a cliff or, or, you know, doing, uh, drugs, but, there are a lot of things that we're afraid of in life that 
if we do run towards, I think if we take some of this wisdom of people doing it in this extreme way, if we do run towards those things, then um, th- then that can make a big difference in our life. And a lot of times it's just things like fear of failure, you know, fear of being laughed at, fear of being different, all those really basic kind of fundamental fears. Um, and so that was one big part of that. So if you can embrace those fears, whatever they are, then that beautiful sunrise is waiting for you on the other side. And that's a huge part of it for me. And then the other part of that is um, is about uncertainty and risk, right? There's a author called Rinker Buck who kicked off our new season. And he's a beautiful, funny writer. He's one of those writers that's just really good company. Like as you read his book, his um, the book that we did a story of is called The Oregon Trail. And um, he he basically built himself a authentic kind of covered 19th century covered wagon with, with two mules and rode across the uh, Oregon trail, the, the, the real way it was done. Um, and he's just a funny guy and a fun, fun guy to travel. With, so def- definitely recommend him as, as a writer, but he has this like great quote of um, you know, why he did this trip. And he said that he basically, he describes himself as that he'd become that familiar subspecies of North American male, the divorced booze hound with low self-esteem. I think that's just like such a great, uh, a great description. And it's really honest too, right? Like he'd felt trapped in this kind of very comfortable, very easy, but very sanitized world where everything he wanted was available, you know, food or whatever was available and easy to get. He'd been in his job for a while. It didn't challenge him in any way anymore. He knew exactly what he was doing his life had become very, very predictable. And he saw that stretch out for years and years to come. And I think he just saw himself getting, you know, drinking more, eating more, getting more, you know, sitting on the TV, sitting on the couch, watching more TV, and he didn't like what he saw. So he set off on this, this kind of incredible 2000 mile journey. And what he learned from that was that and that was his sort of breaking out of the mold, I think was, okay, I'm going to do something that's insane that no one else has done before. And that was his way of breaking out of the mold and changing his life. But what he learned on that trip was to embrace uncertainty. That was really important to him so that every day he didn't really know what he was going to encounter on the trail. He had, you know, he had to do river crossings. He had to do these dangerous kind of um, you know, taking a wagon up these really exposed kind of hillsides and cliffs. And he didn't know who was going to camp. He didn't know who he was going to meet. So every day was different and every day brought challenges. But in in kind of embracing that uncertainty and living in that uncertainty, it gave him something. It gave him um, something that he had been lacking that he didn't even know that he he was missing until until he had it. And it, and it kind of made me think that you know, all of us who are lucky enough to live out in in the Western countries that you know, have ample food and shelter, or lucky enough to to um, to have that in our lives, we don't really know what that feels like. You know, and I, I, and I, and there's something about you know opening yourself up to a certain level of uncertainty and risk, a certain level of challenging yourself with fear that makes you feel alive and makes things happen in your life. And I think that's a a big lesson that I've taken from all this. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee 
every day. I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Wow, I love the way you tell these stories. And just I was right there with you on the cliff, first of all, and that sounds insane. You know, I'm a visual thinker, so I love the the thought of, okay... I'm I'm worried about this, but I can imagine that sunny valley on the other side, although it sometimes takes some time to get there. But these are great lessons because they're they're so universal. Even though some of these things you might say, well, you know, yes, well, we have to we have to embrace fear and all that. But it's like, you know, as as I'm listening to you and as we're recording this, I'm thinking, well, really, like these are these stories and these lessons are a great reminder to really embrace the lessons, right? Like really, really just think about that next time, you know, for me personally or anybody listening, if this is resonating with them, it's just like, you know, next time you're facing the thing that that's packed with uncertainty or risk or, you know, a fear that, that you don't want to push forward with, or you want to push past, but maybe you're just a little bit, I guess, too hesitant to, because the fear is, is, is winning out build that muscle of acting in spite of fear and just uh, take take the lessons to heart. I mean, I think it says a lot that you've done all of these interviews with these people that have done all these incredible things and, and these are the universal lessons you're sharing. And to your point, I, I think you don't get those kind of insights and experiences and that kind of rich life stuff without without stepping outside your comfort zone a little bit, you know? And kind of related to this, is a couple of things um, in terms of like pure traveling itself and in your show and, and inspiring people to go from zero to travel and to, to find different ways to do that and have the courage to do that. Another, another lesson that I think is really important that comes up time and time again, and, 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 you know, you'll have experienced this yourself is um, 
and this is related to the to the perhaps the, the fear some people have of traveling or going abroad or or kind of immersing themselves in cultures that they don't understand anything about um is that for the you know the vast vast majority of people are kind and generous and welcoming and they're just you know, they just want to kiss their kids goodnight, hug their best friend, have a meal with their family. They're exactly like me and you. And the media can lead us to believe, you know, there's dangers on every corner and people are all out to get us. But time and time again, everyone that I've spoken to that has done things like, you know, ride a bicycle for five years around the world, walk from, you know, Wales, UK to New South Wales, Australia on foot for 16,000 miles, you know, Tra- you know, Drew Binsky, who's the YouTuber, did a story about the world's so-called most dangerous countries. You know, Iran, the most welcoming place he's ever been in his life. You know, um, uh, Afghanistan, you know, I've t- two or three people I've met have gone to Afghanistan and talked about the hospitality of people there who have almost nothing and whose lives have been horrendously affected by people in the West, then have this Western traveler arrive and, and offer them food and sit down and, and eat together and share what each other's lives are like. So I think that in terms of embracing the fear to to go out into the world and to travel, I would also just say, you know, there is kindness in strangers. If you go into the world with a filter of, I'm looking for the next person who's going to mug me, then that's kind of what your face is doing, right? And that's kind of what you're putting out there. Um, and and that is what we're led to believe a lot of the time. But that is not the story that I get time and time again. I get how welcoming people are, how much people help you, how many friends they've made. And so although there are dangers, of course, I think that if you if you see the world as a kind place, it, gener- it generally is a kind place. And if you are welcoming to people, it generally is. You know, the, the road is a, refre- is a mirror. It's a reflection of w- who you are and what you're bringing to the table. And that's kind of what you get back a lot of the time. So, um, you know, for sure, embracing the fear in a broad sense, whatever aspect of your life that is, is important. But from a zero to travel point of view, embracing the fear of traveling, let me just tell you, the world is a far kinder place than than you are led to believe. Is that one of the other lessons you pulled out? Just the the I think it is now. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it is now. Yeah, I would say that that's something that I've noticed too as a as a common thread through the hundreds of interviews I've done, and you know, hearing so many examples of of kindness and random acts of kindness and the way people have found ways to take care of each other on the road or get taken care of in in crazy dodgy situations. And, you know, we all know that we, we podcast and we tell these stories because I think we, we appreciate getting below the surface and getting deep into the story and not, you know, doing the sort of glossed over social media version of travel, but actually, talking about the reality of it. And we, we both do that on our shows and, you know, even, even digging deep and hearing some of the things that can, that can go wrong overall, the lesson of the world is, is kind. And, and it's not what necessarily what the media portrays or what the idea is that you have in your head about it is definitely something that I've noticed as well as a, as a pretty 
common theme in these conversations. Yeah. And I, you know, there's an interesting thing about, um, culture shock as well. You know, I, I wrote this piece about culture shock can change the world because what culture shock is from, um, a technical point of view is when, you know, most of our, I think it's like 70% of communication is body language. Right. And so, um, when you don't understand the words, you lose a lot, but oftentimes what you also lose when you really go, like, I can remember going to, uh, you know, a market in the middle of, uh, you know, kind of rural Morocco and it just being this kind of like maelstrom of, of sensations and experiences that were so alien to anything I'd ever experienced before. And it kind of made me put my guard up because I didn't speak the language. I didn't understand any of the cultural and, and customs. I, the, the, every piece of communication that was being thrown at me was something different and that I didn't understand. And because of that, I, you know, sensibly in some ways, um, you're being careful. I don't understand your brain saying, look, I don't understand this situation. Um, but I think that if you can embrace that culture shock to an extent and go, okay, Hey, this is, let me just sit with this uncomfortableness for a second here. Um, then you can begin to, to kind of try and understand, you know, travel without the, some of those preconceptions, understand how these people live in a different way to you, try and meet them on neutral ground in some way. And, um, and so I think that, you know, one of the things that I think maybe makes us a little nervous about, you know, going somewhere in, in Asia, for example, you know, off the beaten track Asia where you're, you know, you don't, you can't read anything. You can't understand the language. You're just, you're very alone, vulnerable and, and unused to that situation. But if you can understand where that's coming from and sort of embrace that in some way and say, Hey, you know, this is making me feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's because I'm in a new place. I don't understand it. This, and and I'm, I, I need to learn about it. And at the same time, if you can also say to yourself, and guess what? I might not understand these people, but that doesn't mean that, you know, and they might not understand me, but that doesn't mean that I need to be afraid of them because, uh, you know, I, things go wrong all the time in travel. Travel is not an easy thing all the time. It's not just, you know, it's, it's moments of pure amazement and wonder, you know, interspersed with uh, moments of difficulty and tiredness and all the other things that come with life. But, you know, if you can, if you can kind of uh, embrace that, um, that feeling in that moment and, and, you know, truly try and kind of understand where that's coming from, then I think that you can, you know, start to understand that that's okay. And the world is actually, uh, you know, people are generally good people and, and I'm going to be okay here. And, smile and make some friends and, and uh, hopefully things will get better. <laughs> the guide will get me down the mountain <laughs> somehow, <laughs> whatever, whatever the case is. All right, cool. So these are awesome lessons. What do you have one more for us? So I wanted to, this one particular story, this, uh, this incredible woman on called Kiko Matthews. And so there's a little mantra I say to myself sometimes, which is be like Kiko. So Kiko's story is incredible. She's actually the fastest woman to solo row across the Atlantic. But the, and that was kind of the story she, she told, but she was diagnosed with um, Cushing's disease. So she had a, a brain tumor and it was that she describes the operation that to do. They had to like put a, literally put an actual drill up her nose and drill into her skull to remove the tumor through her nose. Um, so she went through this 
And after that, she was like, you know what? I am, uh, I, I, you know, to come close to dying like that, it obviously changes people a lot. And so she's like, I want to do something for me. I want it to involve the outdoors. I want it to involve, you know, giving, raising money for charity. And so she like happened upon this idea. I'm, I'm going to row across the Atlantic. I don't think, I don't know. I don't even know how she happened upon it. She'd never done any rowing before. She had no experience in boats. Like she'd literally like taken a dinghy out on her lo- lo- local river, you know, once maybe. Um, but she decided that what she's going to do is row solo across, across the Atlantic. And so she starts training for it. She realizes she's really actually very good at, at, at rowing. She's super strong and, and fit. Um, and she's brought in sponsors. She's raised money. It's been like over a, a year process. And then six weeks before she is due to set off, she starts to feel some of those same symptoms again. She starts to feel dizzy. So she loses her sense of smell and taste and um, her perceptions start going kind of strange. She goes back to the hospital and her brain tumors come back. Um, so they say, we're, you know, we're going to have to operate and, um, but you know, that's it. I'm sorry. Your, your trip's over. And she actually rode her bicycle because she didn't want to stop training. She rode her bicycle to the hospital went to the hospital, had the drill up her nose again, had the brain tumor taken out. And three days later, rode the by her bicycle back home and started her training again. And then six weeks from there, she was in Grand Canaria, uh, ready to take off on this, on this incredible adventure. And she, and the story of her crossing the Atlantic is, you know, unbelievable storms, 80 feet waves. At one point she actually thinks a whale winked at her. I'm not kidding. She was in a storm and a whale came up right next to her. And she's like, I swear to God, that whale just winked at me. So maybe she was, <laughs> maybe she was having some hallucinations at that point, but, um, you know, amazing stories, the stars at night being so alone in, in that place. And then, you know, she came in uh, after just over 49 days, smashed the, the record for the crossing at the Atlantic and did it whilst recovering from uh, you know, a brain tumor. Um, but her real lesson is you know, that when she was going through all of this stuff, that she somehow f- found a way that she could just let go of all worry, all stress and anxiety because her life depended on it, right? Like she said, you know, she needed all her energy, every single ounce of her energy into surviving. And she just felt that she was expending so much of her energy, worrying about whether or not the operation would work, worrying about this and that, that she was wasting the energy she needed to, to put into like pure survival and recovery. And so she sort of, unbelievably, I don't think any of us could do this. She was able to completely let go of anything that wasn't in her control. So whether it was, you know, having the drill put up her nose and a a very small chance of success and a very big chance of not coming out of that operation and her parents crying on her bedside, she was, she felt she was okay. Listen, if I can't control the outcome of this opera of this operation. So my worrying isn't contributing anything to me here. It's not helping me at all. And then when she went on the Atlantic, she took that same, uh, same idea with her through her adventure on the Atlantic. And it just kind of grew and grew, 
you know, you're, you're in a storm on the middle of the Atlantic. The nearest person to you is in the space station. That's how remote she was. Right. And, and in that moment, if you're worrying about, oh my God, I'm going to drown. The boat's going to capsize all of this. Then you're not paddling. You're not in the, in the moment of, of surviving. So being put into those extreme situations made her realize that worrying is just a waste of energy. And Kiko's lesson is to just let go, let go If anything that you can't control. Um, let it go because any anxiety and stress about that is eating away at you and it's not helping the problem. So that's something that I, I always try and remember. And I, I say to myself when I'm getting stressed over stupid things like kids being late for school or a deadline or whatever, uh, just be like Kiko and, uh, and everything will be okay. Be like Kiko. Wow. What a story. That is incredible. And it's a great place to end, I think. Uh, if you want to hear these stories from the people that told them that, that Aaron relayed to us as part of this uh, episode where we've gotten these incredible lessons, of course, Armchair Explorer podcast. We'll link to it all in the show notes. And uh, man, love, love your work, love what you do, and love the way you tell stories, Aaron, and the way, the way you share them. And, and going back to one of the things we talked about earlier, you know, how you live your life and how you tell stories inspires me. Thanks for that. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks so much. It's always such a pleasure hanging out. We, uh, we always have a bit of a laugh together and I really appreciate the, the opportunity to come here and, and talk with your, with your community. And you know what? I, it always, it all comes down to this. I think when I say this at the end of, of every show, all the lessons come down to one thing and that is dare to be truly alive you know, dare to, to go out there and break the mold, to follow your passions, to embrace your fears, to live life to the full, you know, to, to let go of all the other crap that doesn't matter because, because this is it, live life to the full, go out there, find your adventure, find your purpose and, um, and smile a lot and have a lot of fun. And, and maybe that's what life's all about. Love it, man. I'm smiling now. I got the, I got this, we got the smiles going. So, uh, <laughs> thank you so very much. And, uh, All right, mate. really appreciate your time and look forward to having you back next time. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Catch up soon. All right. Cheers. Have it. Thanks once again to Aaron Miller. Don't forget to check out the new season of the Armchair Explorer podcast. He does a wonderful job with that show. And it never ceases to amaze me how much these lessons we learn when we're traveling, these skills we pick up along the way, these new attitudes or new mindsets, whatever the case, how much we carry them with us into all aspects of our lives long after the journey in ways sometimes we can understand and even in ways sometimes we can't understand. I have no idea who I would be without having travel in my life. I'm just so grateful for it and for the opportunity to be in the position to have done a lot of traveling and to continue to do it in the future. So let's uh, just remember the gratitude there for a moment as we close this out, the gratitude for travel in our lives and the ability to do so. And I want to leave you with a quote from Anthony Robbins, who said, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep in touch off the show, zerototravel.com slash newsletter. You can sign up over there. It's free. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. Cheers.
This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.